want this for every woman. I want every woman to know that she has access to this and I want to educate and share as much as I can in order for women to not be in a situation where they're needing to remain in a relationship or in a family situation that they can't leave because they aren't able to financially support themselves. Yasmin Salem Hamden, excuse me. How are you today? Hi, Kyla. I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. You and I connected on Twitter, and I absolutely love meeting lawyers on Twitter. Um, do you find a lot of your business clients there, or what are you doing on Twitter? That's a great question. I don't know if anybody's ever asked me this. What are you doing on Twitter? And I actually don't really market on Twitter. I hmm. I don't know that I've worked with any business clients that I've met on Twitter. I got on Twitter, uh, well, it's been years since I've been on Twitter, but actively on Twitter, probably the last year and a half. Um, and it really was because I got tired of Instagram and LinkedIn for different reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really just wanted a place to share random thoughts, to engage in conversations, to hear and read others conversations you know they have the spaces feature as well have you used it yet yes nice do you host your own i don't but i've been on a couple nice. podcasting ones mm -hmm. yeah nice they've got some good ones going so i like twitter uh in the year and a half that i've been on there a lot of changes a lot of things going on and there are definitely things about twitter that i'm not the biggest fan of threads just dropped i'm sure you're familiar yeah at the time of this recording so i've been playing with that and it's nice because i feel like i love twitter for the reason in terms of the format and how you can use it as a platform um creative expression etc uh my audience and my network, a lot of them were on Instagram. Okay. And so it's nice that threads dropped and now everybody that I was connected with on Instagram is now on threads. And so it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely an interesting time right now. <laughs> so I love that you said that your audience is on Instagram because it's so mm -hmm. important that business owners know where their audiences are, right? Sure. My audience is on LinkedIn. As much yeah. as LinkedIn can drive me nuts, they're on yeah. LinkedIn. They don't really want flashy <laughs> graphics. They just want to know nope. what's happening. And then even though I prefer Twitter to, and now threads, to Instagram, mm -hmm. all of my Instagram posts, which are just a tweet, they blow up. Like people yep. love to share them. And I'm like, you're here for pictures, but then you share mm -hmm. the words. Yes. I think it makes sense. It, <laughs> right? I don't know that they're there for pictures necessarily. This is true. This is true. Yeah. I think yeah. they're there probably for the words, right? I like to say that I, I love words. I love to read. I love spoken word, which is a podcast. I love spoken word in terms of talking to people. Like I love words. And so I think that's where like podcasting and social media fit for me. So anywho, random aside. Words are so, words are so powerful. Mm -hmm. They are. Written words are so powerful. Spoken words are powerful. Yeah, all of it. All of it. All you were going to say, you were going to um, say especially especially lawyers. I mean, a yeah. lot of us like to talk and then most of us really enjoy reading and research and being analytical. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we yeah. love words. Yeah, it's a powerful medium. <laughs> Absolutely. So Yasmin, I want to talk about a lot of fun stuff. Before Let's we get jump into, into your business, <laughs> I want to talk about what's up with you. So I know that currently yeah. you're in Dallas, but you went to mm -hmm. school at Texas A&M which is not yep. in Dallas. <laughs> yep. Yep. Where are you from? 
Yeah, I went to school at Texas A&M. The law school is actually in Fort Worth. So it's in the DFW Metroplex, which a lot of people don't know. Thank God, because I don't know if I'm trying to be out in college. I actually know that I'm not trying to be out in college station. (laughs) We drove out there a couple times while I was in law school. And let me, it's out in you know, rural Texas for okay. sure. And we're driving. I'm like, do not stop this bus. Y'all better keep going. <laughs> do not stop. That's not for nothing. Yeah. That's not for nothing. Let's just get there. And so, yeah, um, I am from DFW though. I was born and okay. raised in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I grew up in a small town called Euless, Texas, uh, also known as Fab Euless. Okay. And it was uh, an interesting upbringing and environment to grow up in very diverse area we're really close to the airport um very uh small town but still i went to a huge high school i think i had a class of 800 um classmates yeah so we were a big school but it was the only high school it's probably why uh yeah so i grew up here born and raised here i have never lived anywhere else really when my husband and i moved away to a city called Waco. Do you know it? I do. Only from um, Magnolia and them. Yeah. That's their, that's Mm -hmm. their new claim to fame. They had Mm -hmm. like some cult stuff going on that used to be their claim to fame. And now, yeah. uh, The, the branch Davidians, have you heard of it? Mm -mm. That is what they're okay there. Yeah. I think there's a document. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of documentaries, but I think there was something recent on Netflix or Hulu. I don't know. Um, But yeah, that was their old thing. Not exactly their, you know, proudest, claim to fame, (laughs) but um, Magnolia's and Chip and Joanna Gaines Mm -hmm. totally put it on the map. It's a total tourist destination now. And my husband and I moved there in 2017 and there was just so much commercial development going on. So it was a really, we moved there for a business opportunity Yeah, and it was really cool. Um, It was interesting because my entire personal and professional network was here in DFW and I moved two hours away. So I had to reestablish and that was an experience all on on its own is reestablishing my professional network. But yeah, Texas born and raised, baby. Okay. So I am familiar with College Station. My cousin went there for graduate school. She's um, aside. She's actually, I saw her yesterday because she's getting a PhD at Penn. Because she was like, College Station was way too small. But she loved it when she was in school, right? She didn't want to stay once she got out of school. Um, And then I've been to Dallas twice when I was studying for the bar in 2015. And I loved it. But, like, Columbus is more of the Austin. Even Austin is bigger, but it has the feel of Austin. So Dallas, I was, like, out of my element. I was like, oh, I felt like I was in New York City. I was like, no, 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 no. It's too much. It was just, it was beautiful, but it was, yeah, I was yeah. like, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. It has its pros and it has its cons. Um, yeah. You know, I would definitely say, uh, you know, it's probably not as fast paced as New York, but it's pretty fast paced. Definitely yeah. the city. There's so much area in DFW that is not the city. A lot of suburbs, a lot of rural area on the outskirts, but generally Dallas is a good place for business. And I just saw this map. I don't know if it went viral with just, um, us Texas folk, but Mm -hmm. maybe other people saw it as well is that the population of DFW is almost 8 million people. Oh my God. And that is more than like 
25 U.S. states. Like, the population of each state is less than yeah. the population of DFW. Wow. I was like, there are way too many people here. And it makes sense because it's so crowded everywhere you go. There's so much mm-hmm. traffic. So, yeah, definitely a lot of activity going on. I love Austin, though. I didn't realize yeah. that Columbus was like Austin. It is. In terms of, That's like, cool. big city feel. Yeah. You know, the whole keep Austin weird. Columbus is yeah, like yeah. that. They're big foodie cities. Very cool. So, yeah. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I'll have to visit. Oh, come on. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's 85 it. degrees and very, very humid, but it's wonderful. Oh, well, the 85 yeah. degrees sounds nice. I think tomorrow <laughs> it's going to be 107 here. I know. The gasp. Totally appropriate reaction. <laughs> yes. And I don't care We're, when I release this. I'm on your keeping Texas that part. Yeah. Check, check on your Texas friends. <laughs> We're melting. We're literally melting. You know, I... Yeah, mm-mm. I was talking to someone because yeah. I still have a lot of friends in Louisiana, and they're like, "We're yeah. used to the heat, but not in so many consecutive days, right? You usually yep. get a break somewhere." So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It rained yesterday, so it was not horrible, but yeah, girl, it's hot. <laughs> okay. Summer, there's no mercy. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah, I know how that feels because that's how yeah. I felt about Ohio. Um. Yeah. All right. So Yasmin, let's talk about being a lawyer. You are yeah. in IP law. I was in IP law for a while, um, but there's so many nuances within it, right? So what type mm-hmm. of law do you practice and how did you get into that? Or yeah, not what I type, practice... I'm sorry. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, within within IP, I practice trademark law. I assume okay. that's what you were what you meant. Um, yeah, so within IP, my practice is focused on trademark law. I also support clients in overall business and legal strategy as well as their contracts, so written legal agreements with clients, with customers, on their digital platforms, um, with their team members, contractors, employees, et cetera. As you know, there are a number of legal agreements that you've got to have in place if you're doing Mm -hmm. business. And what what I have found and what I'm finding is that um, we're in a very exciting period of time right now. And the advances in technology and accessibility when it comes to business development and marketing platforms and reaching your customers, speaking directly to them, learning more about them, engaging with them directly, um, and being able to package your intellectual property in a way that can be delivered digitally. It's just a very exciting time to be yeah. in the market. Yeah. And, and engaging in commerce and I'm excited about the opportunities available to women and men everywhere. Um, But in particular, women, I'm very passionate about helping women uh, package their intellectual property in a way that they can leverage to create financial independence for themselves, to establish business ownership um, and security when it comes to their financial situation. Yeah. So are you working in a law firm? Is that how you discovered IP law and got into this whole passion? Or did you decide to start doing trademarks on your own or what happened? Yeah. So I launched my practice pretty much straight out of law school, actually. I was working at a firm prior to that through law school. um, And we were doing some trademark and IP stuff. We were doing um, a lot of advising with clients, but a lot of our clients were focused on uh, it was in Dallas, in the city, um, was the law firm. And so a lot of their clients were more traditional local businesses, construction companies, um, salon and spas, consulting firms, m- some marketing agencies that were local that worked and served a lot of local clients as well. And mm-hmm. um, they didn't have a huge online presence. This was in 
what, 2014, 2015. Mm -hmm. So like almost 10 years ago. Um, so certainly, you know, Instagram was still kind of new. Digital marketing was a thing. People were online for sure. Um, but business and digital didn't go as hand in hand, or it wasn't as much of a given as it is today, I would say. Yeah. So I was online as a consumer uh, prior to that. And I was on social media. I was definitely one of the first people on Instagram. Um, and I remember seeing people building brands online. And I remember talking to my supervising attorney and telling him, you know, like, yo, are you on Instagram? Like, do you see how people are using this platform? Like they're creating brands and they're trademarks. Mm -hmm. These are assets that they can secure. They're selling products online. They're selling services online. Like there's commerce going on for sure. And it's an underserved market. And you can see that they don't have the business savvy that yeah. is necessary. So of course, you know, for the supervising attorney and I can't knock them for it. You know, it's they're like, okay, that's cool. It's, you know, maybe they found it interesting, but we've got a lot of work to do. Like, let's just focus on the stuff we've got on our plate. Yeah. So it was a market that was underserved that I had identified, but the firm I was at didn't have any interest in supporting them as entrepreneurs, new entrepreneurs. Um, so out of law school, I launched my firm and I enjoyed working at that firm. I saw a lot of things though that I felt I could do better and that needed to be modified uh, and changed when it comes to the traditional practice of law and the traditional legal receiving of legal services as a new entrepreneur. And so, yeah, I was working with folks all across different industries. Some people were opening, um, some people were opening di entirely digital agencies and firms. Some people were selling physical products online. Some people were developing software as a service platforms or app, online apps and mobile apps. Um, some people were in food, the food industry, I mean, across the board. And then in 2018, I got really clear on my, I would say my passion and excitement for the online services industry and being able to, as an individual, being able to open your own consulting or coaching firm mm -hmm. and selling services as some might call them a freelancer, but I'm a fan of really positioning yourself to develop a business that can yeah. stand on its own. Yeah. And isn't necessarily tied too closely to your personal brand. So a lot of people are developing businesses in this way. Some of them are very close to their personal brand and that's not a bad thing necessarily. I think it just comes back to strategy and what your goals are for the future and what it is that you want in your business. And that's another beautiful thing about it is it's really, there's so much flexibility in it and you can really design it in whatever way best suits you and your circumstances. So I went all in on supporting coaching and consulting service providers, um, digital marketing service providers, and in, uh, I began, I continued to work with my clients in that way, providing one-to-one -one services within my law firm. Um, and then we chatted a bit about it and you're a bit familiar with the business that I launched in 2020, which is stand alone and separate from the law firm, still related to business and legal, but not one-on-one -on -one services. Yes, which was the best tie-in. <laughs> yes. The best segue ever. But Love it. I do want to ask something, which is, um, mm -hmm. do you only work with women who are launching brands or do you work with anyone? Oh, I have so many clients that are men, okay. actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You I work with men and women. With... Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. you know, let me tell you, I'm very passionate about women creating their own financial independence because mm -hmm. as an attorney, as a new attorney, and even to this day, but especially in the early days, I would get so many calls from 
women that I didn't necessarily know personally, but people that I knew in my community here locally, even across the United States, um, where they call because they are in a really tough position and they are either in a relationship or a family situation that they cannot leave that's dangerous for them or is just not a healthy situation, but they can't leave because they don't have financial independence. They haven't developed a a vehicle that can support them in selling something of value, such as a physical product, a digital product, or a service. And so with the technology available, the automations, the tools, the, you know, the fact that we're witnessing the emergence and public accessibility of artificial intelligence. And I mean, it's freaking nuts. It's crazy. (laughs) The time that we're living in right now. I mean, it's very exciting. Um, And so I, the, the barrier to entry is virtually non-existent. Um, I want this for every woman. I want every woman to know that she has access to this and I want to educate and share as much as I can in order for women to not be in a situation where they're needing to remain in a relationship or in a family situation that they can't leave because they aren't able to financially support themselves. Uh, But yeah, I work with clients, you know, from all over the world, um, all walks of life, certainly. Yeah, I... That piece about like getting the financial independence, but how sometimes you can't leave without the financial part is so real. And we don't have time to talk about it now, but that was a great point that you brought up because money is a resource and it's a tool. And a lot of times, again, you can use it to help you get to another place, including, you know, getting freedom if you're in a bad situation or even like just improving your life if you're starting a business. So. Yasmin, one of the reasons I was really excited to talk to you is because you are all about making business easier for entrepreneurs, okay? You own a company called Coaches & Company, and it's a modern media company where you provide templates and tools for entrepreneurs who are trying to run their businesses, get all these forms, all of the things that they need, right? And the reason why this is so important is because I have a brand. I have a couple of brands. I never thought I wanted them, which means I was never prepared, right? Even to the point where sending out a contract to a guest and saying, do I have permission to use your picture? I never did that until someone was like, take my picture down. And I was like, your secretary sent it to me. I'm keeping it. (laughs) I'm so sorry that happened. Yeah. But people were like, oh, are you going to have an agreement? I was like, no, I don't need an agreement. Well, yeah, I do actually. So we've got we've got one too. We've got a podcast guest agreement on our website, and a lot. And you're not alone, Kyla. A mm-hmm. lot of people, even experienced podcasters, have no clue that that can really save you in terms of time and headache and stress and money. And especially if you want to be able to freely use the intellectual property you're creating, this is an investment of your resources to create this po- every podcast episode. I know that. You know, and so you want to make sure that you are safeguarding the IP that you're creating and that you're able to fully leverage it and fully use it, publish it, market it, um, license it to others, maybe repurpose it and create derivative works based on it. Uh, And so securing those rights and consents and permissions up front with your guests is the way to go for sure. It is. And it's so important. And I want to say that I was embarrassed when that happened because like, whole lawyer here. I should have known we have contracts for everything. But I was like, this is my hobby. Yeah, I yeah. want to be in the weeds with contracts. I want yes, it to be fun. I get it. And I, get I, was it. Like, I was like, nope, got to protect yourself. Yeah. So you talk to us about why you wanted 
to help and why you're passionate about helping people establish their brands and make sure that everything is set up the correct way. But what is it that you do with coaches and company and how does it fit into your life as a mom and an attorney? Oh, that's a great question, Kyla. Thank you. So what is it that we do um, at Coaches and Company? So as you mentioned, we're a modern media company. We are all about helping entrepreneurs, in particular, those that are in their first five years of business, upgrade the way they're doing business. So I've been there. All my clients have been there. I get it. In the early days, you're scrappy, honey. You're just getting it done. You're trying to make it happen. You're trying to validate what it is that you're planning and thinking about. You're trying to raise capital. And I don't necessarily mean from venture, venture uh, excuse me, venture capitalists. I'm not talking about taking on outside investment, but you're trying to raise your own capital so that you can invest in the business further and make things happen in your business. And, um, you know, you can, you have that fire in the belly. You're really excited. It's an exciting time. There's a lot of things going on. You've got all these plans and what ends up happening is you are building this thing and the foundation is shaky. And when it comes to, I like to think of building your business because you get to do whatever you get to design it. However you want. I think of it as your dream home, you know, you get to design whatever business model is compatible with your desires and the kind of life you're trying to live and the way you're trying to serve your audience and community. You get to decide all of those details. And same thing when you're building a house, you know, you get to design it however you'd like. However, if you start building the business and building the home without a solid foundation. You might make progress. You might make money. You might, you know, even get to move into the house, right. And enjoy it. Uh, maybe somewhat fully, but over time, the cracks are going to begin to show and you'll have to go back and do that damage control. And that damage control is really expensive and not just expensive in terms of money. It's expensive in terms of time. It's expensive in terms of energy. And I'm all about if, you know, those that are not new to me and, have, you know, heard me preach when it comes to legally protecting yourself (laughs) over the years, you already know that I'm all about being proactive, be proactive. Don't wait to be reactive because being reactive, like I said, it's always more expensive. It's almost, it's almost always more time consuming. I mean, cleaning up a mess is not fun and your business is worthy of your investment of time and money and resources. Um, But you want to be doing that in a way that progresses your business and pushes it forward as opposed to having to, like I said, clean up the mess, go back to the foundation, try to rebuild, um, and then start from the ground up. So we want to make sure that people are protecting themselves legally, protecting their intellectual property, creating productive and professional working relationships with their clients, with their employees, with their contractors, um, including all the necessary legal agreements on your website and anywhere that you're collecting personal data from website visitors and customers, including even just their name and email address. You need Mm -hmm. to have a privacy policy in place on your website. I think of it as your constitution. You know, what are the laws of the land here? When people come to your website, (laughs) what are you letting them know? This is the policy. Um, And then of course, you know, there's plenty more when it comes to your clients and your client relationship, which is many times the core agreement of your business and and the lifeblood of your client relationships and your business as a whole. So um, I'm very, very passionate about helping entrepreneurs (laughs) getting it protected because I've just seen it do a lot of damage for folks and everyone I've worked with, they come from a place of, I want to serve 
others. Mm -hmm. I want to leverage my skills and abilities in a way that enhances the lives and businesses of other people. And so that is a very generous place to come from. And that's a very giving place to come from. So it only makes sense, in my opinion, to make sure that you are legally set and not having to look over your shoulder all the time. You're not playing small when it comes to your business because you know deep down that you're not totally legit when it comes to your contracts. Maybe you hold yourself back from pitching bigger clients or offering a larger price point for your packages or a more uh, full service offer because you don't want to get too deep with anybody or you don't want to take on too much risk. And the reality of it, the fact of the matter is that when it comes to business, risk comes with the territory, you know, and, and we've yeah. got to embrace it. Um, of course, depending on the nature of the service, it varies. There's some, some with a low risk, some with higher, but, um, yeah, gotta be proactive. Don't wait to be reactive. Uh, but yeah, yeah. so I hope that answers the first part of your question. It does. Absolutely. Yeah. I keep thinking about something I heard earlier this week, which was lawyers are either fire, they're firemen. They either put out the fire and they help you install the fire, like, you know, alarm. I'm all about the fi- like, the smoke detectors. <laughs> there Let's you do, go. Yes. And that's how I'm thinking about your courses online, yeah. the blog where you're leading people to. Do you need yeah, a you. mutual agreement? Um, yeah, that's yeah. how I'm thinking about all of your forms because it's like if you yeah. have that smoke detector in place, yeah, yeah. then it'll kind of protect you before things yeah. get out of hand and before that full-on flyer happens. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, the more I think about it, I'm like, maybe we're a fire extinguisher. I don't know. But it's like, let's prevent <laughs> yeah. the fire from happening in the first place. Right. I don't know who does that. But um, I don't know that I specified what we offer. You mentioned resources and tools. We have mm-hmm. our free education on our social media platforms. On our website, we have a great blog that it's really, I'm so proud of our blog because we've got so many great resources that really break it down. My goal is always to make legal and business easy to understand and digest and apply um, because every entrepreneur needs to have a baseline level and understanding of entities, having contracts, negotiating contracts, Mm -hmm. um, and intellectual property, protecting your own, avoiding situations where you might be infringing on others, intellectual property. Like you've got to understand it. It's like I said, baseline understanding is a necessity. So we've got education as a core part of our offerings. A lot of it is free and available, available on our online platforms. And then we have our downloadable ready-to-use lawyer-created contract templates that are specific for uh, various offers. So whether you sell one-on-one coaching or consulting or marketing services as an agency or a freelancer, maybe you're specific to copywriting, maybe you're specific to podcast production, maybe it's a group program or a self-paced online course, whatever it is, the terms and conditions and the client contracts, we've got them on our site and it's been a hit. We just celebrated our three-year anniversary or a third birthday. Thank you. So it's an exciting time. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to continue supporting entrepreneurs. I feel like, like, I mean, I, I said it already, but we are in, we're living in incredible times right now and more entrepreneurs than ever before are entering the market, which comes with its not so great things for sure. But I think the bad is outweighed many times over by the good. Absolutely. And what I really appreciate about the services and the resources that you offer is the fact that me as a small business owner, media company, podcaster, all of that, Mm -hmm. I couldn't just walk up to a big boy law firm and ask someone to write me contracts. 
Yeah. I mean, I could, but I can't afford the retainer. Yeah. Right. So yeah. if I Most can just can. pay four hundred dollars, mm-hmm. download your agreements. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you make me sign something that says you can't change all these things, or it's you know what yeah. I mean. Like you can't take the whole thing and scrap it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Say I used your form, but like it's a way for me to protect myself. It's a way for entrepreneurs to protect themselves without having to just wait until they're huge and they can afford the retainers of these big firms. But also it makes you take responsibility for your business because you need to protect yourself, right? You can't, you can have the passion and say, I'm just doing it. It's going to work. And we hope it works. But we also don't want someone to sue you or to say that was my name or you infringed on my trademark, right? You want to make sure your resources are there. Um, I trademarked the podcast name. I waited Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. You're welcome. I waited seven months into podcasting just Uh because I was like, I want to be sure. But Uh I had created, like I grabbed all of the social media accounts a Mm -hmm. year before I started. Love it. So I was like, you know, because especially as a lawyer, your trademark is the government acknowledging that you've been using the mark. So I was like, look, I've been using the mark all this time. And I was like so happy about it. Yeah. that's the only brand I've marked, though. That's awesome. <laughs> the other yeah. ones, I'm like, I got some time, but I knew yeah. that one, you know, because you have to like, you got to check on it. I got to go yeah, make yeah. sure I got to Google myself, Google you are a lawyer, make sure no one's using it. Yeah, yeah. Enforcement is a huge part of it, for sure. And monitoring the use of it. I mean, if you have a trademark and even if you have it registered, if others begin using it and you don't monitor that and enforce your rights, you can actually lose rights to your brand and lose rights to your trademark. Um, the mark be, may become diluted in that way where it's just, it becomes a generic name that everyone's using, even if it did start out as distinct. So I love that you took initiative. <laughs> yeah. And registered your trademark. I always like to say, cause you're not alone, you know, as far as, um, not having all of your trademarks registered that you might be using right now. Most people do have at least one trademark, not registered, mm-hmm. but that they're actively using. So a lot of people don't realize that. And if you're listening to this and you're wondering what a trademark is, it's your source identifier. So what is it that your consumers are going to interact with first? It's typically your brand name, your company name, maybe it's a podcast name, your program or course name, maybe it's your logo or tagline. Um, any of those can be a trademark. And so you want to make sure that you're using those exclusively so that there's no confusion in the market. And before you begin using it, you want to make sure you're not going to be infringing on anybody else that's using something similar to it. So love that you're doing that. My test for that, it's like an unofficial test is, you know, people ask, should I register it? Should I apply now? Well, if you're already using it, you want to ask yourself if you were scrolling in whatever feed you might be scrolling on in any given day, and you saw that somebody else began using your trademark in connection with a similar product or service, would you be pissed? If the answer is yes, you should probably trademark it. Oh my goodness, I would have fire shooting out of my ears. I'm saying that would be bad. Exactly. Exactly. And I love what you said too, Kyla, about when you were early in your business, um, you couldn't just go up to a big law firm and, you know, they want a $5,000 or $10,000 retainer just to start work with you. When I was, uh, where, and I still have my law firm is still active, but when I was working with clients exclusively and right out the gate, I offered flat fee services to clients because I knew that you need to be able to budget, you know, when someone tells you it's $300 an hour. Okay. Well, how many hours is it going to take? I need to know because two hours and 20 hours, huge difference in terms of what they would need to budget for. Um, So we went with flat fee services right out the gate. And then even then a lot of new entrepreneurs would be priced out of legal services because, you know, it's not a cheap 
expenditure, right? It's, it's a professional service that you're receiving from a licensed professional. Um, and so that is a huge point for us and a huge selling point for us to um, offer that as a benefit to our customers and our community is you don't have to hire a lawyer or a law firm. You don't have to, you know, shell out thousands of dollars in order to get minimal protection in place in terms of a client contract that is legitimate and enforceable and is actually going to um, serve you and protect you. And so, you know, I'm so happy to make accessibility a value of ours and to live that out through our offerings that are, you know, the downloadable contracts being a fraction of the price of working with a law firm or a lawyer. Yeah, but you're still getting that big budget protection, right? Because your contracts and the templates are written by practicing attorneys. They know what they're talking about. They've dealt with this a lot and they're going to protect you with their forms. So yes, exactly. Lawyer, lawyer created, reviewed and approved. Yes. Love that. (laughs) (laughs) So Yasmin, when you were in law school, did you ever think about being a business owner? That's a great question. You know, I don't think I did, but I was very interested in supporting other business owners. So in law school, that's what I studied was IP and business, um, commercial transactions. Uh, And I come from a family of entrepreneurs. And so I, yeah, my dad was an entrepreneur and he he always owned businesses throughout my childhood um, and even to this day. And so it wasn't unfamiliar to me. I was certainly familiar with the concept, but I don't know that I ever thought when I was in law school that I'd be a business owner. Definitely towards the end, after I had gained some experience working at the firm mm-hmm. and I entered at a couple firms throughout law school, um, I, like I said, I, I saw ways that I could improve the traditional practice of law and how I would do it differently if, you know, it was my call. And so one way to make it your call is to go out on your own and you know, do things the way you want to do them and the way that you believe your community is best served. Yeah, absolutely. And so real quick, um, is the podcast, is that something that you openly talk about or is that like a... So it's coming out, it's coming out this, it's coming out soon. I believe end of August. Okay, because your episode is for October. So we can go in and talk about it if you want. Okay, cool. Great. Thank you. Okay, cool. Yeah. So speaking of making things your own and filling a void or a gap in the market, I've heard that you have a podcast coming out. Do you want to? (laughs) Yeah. Why don't you tell us about it? I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be out um, by the time this episode's released. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So we are launching a podcast under the Coaches and Company brand. Um, It is called The Business of Doing Business. And my goal. Do you love it? Yay. Thank you. Oh, I love that. Oh, I'm so glad you love it. Thanks. Yeah. I'm, I definitely, you know, I was like, of course we're not going to talk exclusively about business, but as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, so much of your life is affected by your choice of business ownership, you know? So of course we're going to talk about all the things that are related to life as a business owner, existing as a business owner, navigating business. Um, My goal for this, okay, just to give you an idea, and I'm really excited that it's going to be out by the time this episode is out. Um, It's, I'm excited to put it out into the world. I'm sure you can relate to that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. The goal is for them to be bite-sized, under 15 minute episodes that break down concepts um, that are in the legal world or the business world in a way that are easy to digest 
in a way that's easy to digest and apply to whatever business endeavor you're currently in. So when it comes to trademarks, when it comes to contracts, when it comes to leveraging different technology and tools, um, a big thing that I love to talk about is business ethics and navigating different client situations and handling different team member situations because the longer I've been in business and I've been in business for seven years now, the more I realize, and I've worked, I've served clients that are also business owners. The more I'm in this industry, I see how much, of course, ethics is a huge part of being a lawyer, right? That's like yeah. top of mind. And your that is the, your very practice of law is entirely ruled by ethics and there are ethical rules that are in place that we have to abide by. That's not the same thing when it comes to business, but so much ethics is required when you're navigating client relationships and team member relationships, um, as well as, uh, you know, compassion, having compassion for folks and, and realizing that they're not just a number, they're not just a, you know, a paying entity. They're not just, uh, a person that is working, for you and has nothing else going on the rest of their life, you know? So there's, we've got to humanize business in that way and our professional relationships. And that can be reflected in our contracts. And it's also reflected in our day-to-day activity and how we handle various situations with clients and with team members. So what was your question? I'm sorry. Oh, just that. <laughs> Are you excited for the podcast? Yeah. And you mentioned yeah. it. You yeah, said yeah, the that's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we've got we've got our bite-sized episodes. We're gonna be talking about business, different business models and strategies, um, different legal concepts, making them easy to understand and apply. Uh, I'm gonna be sharing, of course, different stories from my personal experiences as entrepreneur as an entrepreneur, as well as you know, some client situations that of course will be anonymous, but just illustrating and providing examples of real world situations and different case studies that can hopefully help listeners avoid some legal landmines as they navigate business, (laughs) because I'm all about avoid it. Don't, don't learn it the hard way. You can, I want you to not learn it the hard way. You have to not want, you have to want to not learn it the hard way though, you know? So the way you can do that is by gaining that knowledge um, and being proactive when it comes to your legal protection. So yeah, the business of doing business coming out this fall. I'm so excited for it to launch and and I'm really looking forward to connecting with our community in a new way. Yeah, this is so exciting. So I'm wearing my lawyers are fun shirt yes. and like, you're all about that because you're a podcaster, yes. you're a business owner, yes. you're all the stuff. But like the fun thing about podcasting is that you can say exactly what someone else is saying, but you mm-hmm. have your own experiences and voice mm-hmm. that it's going to resonate in a different way. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's so many different ways you can speak about business. There's mm-hmm. so many different ways to talk about being a lawyer. There's so many different yeah. ways to talk about being an entrepreneur. And so to anyone who is willing to take the risk and be a pioneer and to do it first and to yeah. create a podcast, like I know it's going to be successful because people are always looking for a new voice and a new perspective. Mm -hmm. And you'll definitely have that. Thank you. I appreciate you, Kyla. It means a lot coming from you and I'm pumped. I'm really excited. I love it as um, I love listening to podcasts and I've enjoyed, I've been on many podcasts over the years as a guest and I'm thankful for that. And thank you again for having me. I'm looking forward. Yes. I'm looking forward to it as a, a, medium of new creative expression, you know, and being able to share ideas and, and start conversations. There are so many different things that I talk about, that I think about personally. And then also that I talk about with some of the different circles that I'm involved in. And I want to open those conversations up and put those ideas out there for people to 
think about, to consider, to shift perspectives and share stories. I'm looking forward to having guests on as well. It'd be awesome to have you on. I'm for it. Unofficial I'm invitation. For it. <laughs> Official invitation to come. But yes, uh, would love to have you on. Find me on Twitter. Yes, girl. Absolutely. <laughs> so yes, I will I will certainly do that. And it'll be really great okay. to be able to share our platform um, and to share more stories, which is something that we do throughout the business in various ways. So everyone, thank you so much for watching this on YouTube. New episodes come out every single week. And if you're not watching, make sure you set a reminder to do that later. But keep listening to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube Music, Amazon Music, wherever you want to find your podcast. There are new episodes there every week as well. Okay, so now back into the interview with Yasmin. Alrighty. So, um, Yasmin, let me ask my very last question here. It's been a great time chatting with you. But do you have any advice for law students or young lawyers about what they can do with their law degrees? Yeah, that's a great question. So law students and young lawyers, I would say as far as what you can do with your law degree, um, not to be super generic, but you really can do anything with your law degree. And we were chatting about this, Kyla, before we started recording is I know lawyers in all different industries and there are so many people that I meet them or encounter them throughout their through work that is not related to the legal field, only to find out later that they went to law school and were maybe a practicing attorney, maybe weren't at some point. And so really you're not limited to the traditional practice of law. For me, I another thing for me was I knew I didn't want to work the 60 plus hours a week. It just wasn't compatible with my lifestyle. My husband and I wanted to start our family. I just knew it wasn't, it was not the move for me. So I knew I wanted to go and I we didn't get very much into motherhood and and you know that as a lifestyle change. Um, but you are not required to go the traditional route. So know that you can explore alternative routes um, and really the routes are unlimited and the possibilities are endless. And my major recommendation is to network as much as you possibly can and nurture those relationships. So one mistake I made early on, I knew I needed to network because I had had a lot of success networking um, and I love meeting new people. And so I would network, but I would collect the business card and then not follow up all the time. Like some people you really hit it off and you know, you, the, the ball keeps moving, but a lot of the time it would be like, I'd collect the business card and then there would be no follow-up. And then I might as well have not even met that person, you know? So I would say uh, quality over quantity. However, when you have a lot of quantity you're dealing with creating a system around, how can I, you know, always send a follow-up email to this person, have their number saved, Throughout the year, maybe on like a quarterly basis, I'm calling them just to check in, just to touch base, see what they've got going on, what they're working on, how maybe you can add value to them or support them, or maybe they have recommend referrals for you or other recommendations mm -hmm. for you. So the network is everything. It really is. Yeah. And I think networking, I was going to say it used to be so scary and now it's a little mm -hmm. bit easier because we do so much of it online with social yeah. media. Yeah, yeah. But it really is just talking to someone and then following up with them, yep. right? Like you said, you because had a great day. That. Why was it so great? Mm -hmm. Like, it's really just about even taking five minutes and being like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do it, right? Yeah. Um, so I love that, the intentionality of it. Yep. So. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yes. 
Well, thank you so much, Yasmin. I really appreciate talking to you and letting everybody know all about the podcast you have coming out, The Business thank of you. Business. Thank I'm you. so excited for Coaches and Company. Everyone, make sure you go and look at the website. It's Coaches, C-O-A-C-H-E-S and A-N-D company.com. And I'll put that here on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. And of course, it'll be listed in the episode notes. Okay, so Yasmin, I appreciate you and you have a great rest of the afternoon. Thank you again, Kyle, you too. All right, bye.